What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie MR for Maniacal Resonance. I don't know. Mini reviews. That's it. I've already talked about this movie before on another show called Rad Movie Rama. And you are more than welcome to go check those out as well if you want. But I feel like some movies really have to be seen to be believed. <laughs> and there really are no words to describe what happens in this movie. Um, what I'm talking about is Treasure of the Four Crowns from 1983. This is a, It's another example of my love for the Italian knockoff cinema movies. Uh, this one comes right out of the craze with all the 3D movies that were coming out. You Friday the 13th Part 3, Amityville Part 3, Metal Storm, whatever sci-fi thing that was, Parasite, another big flop that was in 3D. So all these movies were coming out. I remember even them showing old TV movies and giving you the glasses and stuff. So the 3D thing was just really coming back. And another hot commodity of the time was the Indiana Jones flicks. So all those movies were coming out too, everything kind of ripping off that genre. Well, in true fashion, the Italian cinema world combined the two and we get this indescribable movie. Uh, it was expected to do great things. I mean... Hello, it was distributed by Canon Films. What else you want, right? But it was also distributed by Columbia Films. So, you know, obviously there was uh, there were some ideas that this was going to fly and do very well. This movie starts off ripping off from the very beginning because we even got a Star Wars scrolling at the beginning, giving us the backstory of the Four Crowns and evil versus the good and all these things. And we meet our hero, J.T. Stryker, played by Tony Anthony. That's right. Tony, Tony. <laughs> and uh, Stryker is a modern-day Indiana Jones in a racer jacket, and he's in an old castle, and he's fighting booby traps and ghost spirits and floating weapons and turkey vultures and, and a pterodactyl. Don't ask, just go along with it. But yeah, there's there's a rubber pterodactyl that comes after him in this. Um, and there's these interesting shots that I still think are kind of cool, but they really have no rhyme or reason of why they're happening, and I'm sure it's just a chance to try to amp up the whole 3D experience and give you some things to look at. Um... There's this thing where he's hung in like this upside down tunnel and these sparks or stuff are coming down. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, anyways, he makes it to the main room of the castle and he opens up this coffin and he's after this staff that's in there with the body that belongs to the dead king or whoever. You get no explanation of what it is. It's, again, the opening of Indiana Jones and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And... Inside the staff that he pulls out is this key. And that's what he's after, is this magical key. And once Stryker gets the key, then things start really getting shaky in the castle. You've got floating crossbows that are shooting at him in multiple shots, and the editing is just insane. But it's either in slow motion or it's super sped up, but it's the same shot over and over and over. In case you miss it the first seven times, you get the slow motion that follows it up. 
all in all, it's just fun textbook adventure stuff here. He gets shot by a floating pistol, and he reacts, and his jacket gets blown open, but then he looks again, and it's gone, so don't know if it's an illusion or ghosts are just messing with him, but it doesn't really matter because what does happen is now we're dodging big, huge fireballs that are chasing him around, and he's even running from one that's rolling after him like another movie where a guy gets chased by a big boulder. Just saying. But he escapes and he gets outside of the castle just in time for it to completely blow up. Now, again, just logic out the window because this castle is obviously hundreds if not thousands of years old. Why does it just suddenly just start blowing up? Who knows? Who cares? Uh... But the story is, is this key leads to the unlocking of these four crowns. And these four crowns have these gems in it that have all the powers of the earth that mankind is not supposed to be in charge of. It's almost like the Infinity Stone idea from Marvel. And in true Indiana Jones style, Stryker doesn't believe in all the mumbo jumbo, but money talks and they hire him to put together a force team to go and retrieve the other crowns from this crazy guy who's a cult leader and his name is Brother Jonas. Not the Jonas Brothers. That'd be a lot more interesting for sure. But Brother Jonas on his private mountain. This whole scenario, the way it's even set up and the slideshows and everything they're telling him is just like Enter the Dragon when they're sitting down with Bruce Lee and getting ready to send him to Dr. Klon's Island. Uh, and not to mention that you've seen this scenario in a hundred movies since then, too. So Stryker goes out and puts his team together, and it consists of this one corporate guy, right, because he's got his money invested. He's going with him that's hired Stryker. And then the rest of them are this group of a daredevil group that have worked together, I guess, in the past. They're all specialists. So, yeah, he's basically putting the band back together. And they're all washed up. They don't really need to be doing this gig. One guy's a major alcoholic. And there's a scene with him where he gets exposed to the key. And the key is flying around and blowing up stuff. And obviously it's more 3D stuff. It's kind of comical, but kind of like very ridiculous at the same time. And then we get a strong man with a heart condition. So his get up and goes then got up and went. Uh... And he's got his daughter with him, who's an acrobat, who's also kind of a love interest to Stryker. So imagine that. So Stryker gets the team together, and they go back to headquarters, and the corporation has built this huge model that takes up this entire room, and it shows them every footstep you can take on the mountain, and where you got booby traps, and you got touch-sensitive floors, and electric, electronic codes that have to be broken, and even a cow that needs milking, I think. And then the key starts acting up again, and it starts every time it goes off, it just makes crazy things happen. But there's really no explanation of what's going on, and everybody ends up okay. I think it messes up the, the model that they're looking at, but it's just another excuse to do some more 3D stuff. And at this point, we get to spend more time at the cult, and it's pretty much by the book. It's your typical cult. Uh, lots of headgear, cowbells. They do a big fake faith healing scene to keep all the followers in check and while that's going on that's when our team is busting in 
And from here on, we spend we spend the most time of this movie scaling the inside room of this guarded temple where the team can't touch the floor or make any noise because it'll set off the alarms and they're trying to get to this statue which has two of the crowns mounted on it. So we've got one crown back at headquarters. we got two here. Where's the fourth one? Who knows? And I mean, this scene goes on for every bit of 20 minutes. It really goes on that long. Literally, 20 minutes. And at the end of it, we lose the strong guy who's got the weak heart, and he dies while suspended, and he's just hanging there. And even though we've gone through the majority of this movie already, and we've taken a long trek, it's all worth it for this next 15 minutes of film because, again, it's just totally inexplainable. Stryker makes his way over to the statue that's holding the two crowns, but when he touches it, it starts setting off some alarms, and some spikes come up out of the floor, and it kills our alcoholic guy that's hanging on the ceiling. And then Stryker gets hit by some steam, and it, like, knocks him down. He's screaming, oh, my eyes, that kind of thing. So the corporate guy jumps down, and he gets to the statue, and then the statue wraps these two snakes, I guess you'd call them. They're metal, it looks like, around the guy and basically squeezes him to death. Apparently puts a spike in his back, and then this rubber snake thing pops out of somewhere and bites him on the face, and it kills him. And again, this the editing style in this movie is so bizarre. And I, I want to say it's got to be for the 3D effect, but I'm really not sure. So Stryker finally gets his mind back, and he stands up, and he's going to try it again. And he gets up there, and he opens up both crowns. And when he does, that's when Brother Jonas and all of his henchmen show up. And now it's on like Donkey Kong. Stryker reaches into those crowns, and he grabs those stones. And... His head just starts spinning. Now, I'm not talking exorcist one time around thing. I'm talking literally like record player spinning. And I love this too because you can see the the look on Brother Jonas's face when he sees his head spinning like, what the heck is going on here, right? And then when Stryker's head finally stops spinning, Stryker turns around and half his face looks like it's been melted off and Vaseline is pumping out a pores in his face it's nasty looking and he's got a gem in both hands and his hands become these massive flamethrowers and he is just spraying and engulfing the entire room with flame it's freaking awesome and the henchmen are trying to shoot striker but striker i guess uses the power of the stones and he's like the the guns are just exploding and busting up in their hands just totally disintegrating and then Brother Jonas stops and freezes. And then he starts decomposing, melting. I don't know, but his face busts open and lasers start cutting through his face from the inside. I mean, that's worth the price of admission, folks. I mean, these lasers are just cutting through. I don't know. I'd love to see the making of and see how they pulled this off. Because, I mean, I know how they did it. I just want to know why. <laughs> So you got Stryker spraying the room with flames, blowing up guns, lasers coming out of dude's face. And then you got fireworks that are swinging through and hitting these bad guys in the back. And obviously they're swinging on strings. You can see the strings and these big things coming through and hitting people. But you know what? It don't matter because it's so entertaining that you don't care. You're just wrapped up in it. Your brain is being hit by so many things at once. It can't put it all together. And maybe that's part of the magic. Maybe that's part of the problem. 
But after all the bad guys are dead, Stracker is trying to kill his love interest now because the power of the gems have taken over him. But he fights the urge and creates some more fireworks, and then he screams and turns back to normal. So all that, and he fights it off, I guess, internally, and maybe it's, it's that whole gotta-have-a-good-spirit kind of thing. I, it, it doesn't... It Who cares? But then, just like in Enter the Dragon, the corporation shows up in a helicopter after all the work is done, and they're wanting to know, hey, where did where did did you get the stones? Where's the stones? We've arrested the bad guys. And it's like, why didn't you just send a SWAT team or something to begin with? But no. So, Stryker decides that these gems are way too powerful for any man to have. So he literally just takes them and throws them on the floor where all the burning bodies are. And I don't understand where he thinks that's... No, like, nobody's not going to find them. Uh, so that even goes out the window, too. He doesn't give it to the corporation because he feels like they will use them for bad as well. But you're just going to leave them here for some random hippie guy that's in this cult to come by and pick them up and become the next bad guy? Who knows? Maybe they're supposed to be in a sequel. Now, this would have been a almost normal ending for a movie, almost like a Remo Williams or something like that where, you know, you do the better thing or you do the right thing and forget the money and do what's right. But no, I mean, that's kind of what happens. But what we get after this is the most bizarre thing ever in a movie. What we get is a scene in a swamp and this behemoth monster thing comes up out of the swamp and this big monster turtle head, eel head thing pops out at the screen in 3D like six or seven times, and the screen goes black. That's <laughs> that's how this movie ends, man. Amazing. So, there's a story in there somewhere, but I think it got lost long ago. And this thing came on HBO nonstop when I was 13 years old, and I watched it a lot. And it makes just as much sense now as it did back then. I still don't know what's going on. And yeah, it's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. But those ending scenes will always be worth talking about. And like I've said before with the Italian flicks, you will see things that you don't see anywhere else. And I'm glad to share those moments with you guys. Because I don't know where else you're going to see these things. It's movies like this and these ideas that have really made me an overall movie fan. Because it really went beyond the possibilities of what I had seen up to that point. And it opened up a whole new level of imagination. And for that, I'm thankful. Because it's these kind of ideas that even en enables me to make a show like this and use my creativity to share this craziness with you. So, whatever your inspiration is, good or bad, embrace it and make it a superpower. After all, it's all those little parts that make up the people we end up being. So, embrace that. If you love a bad movie, love a bad movie. Don't worry about what other people say. I love a lot of bad movies, and I'm going to share them with you, if you like it or not. This has been Dr. Movie. We will check you later.